don't be a follower. Um, it's okay to to be an individual and do, you know, what you want to do, what you feel is right. Don't necessarily follow behind the crowd. Try to you know appease others because you know at the end of the day they will never they will never be satisfied. And you're gonna find yourself not knowing who you are or trying to do things to make other people happy. So it's okay to to be an individual and, and go your own route. Lieutenant Marcus Bonner. All right, I don't want you guys thinking that this is becoming the JB family pod because I have my mom on, and it definitely isn't. But I also can't help that my people are doing some work that's related to our mission at DCS, so don't hate. Anyways, we talked about his reasoning for joining the Army, the opportunity has afforded him, and in finding the right path for our scholars. He also gave some critical advice to our students who are interested in joining the armed services. This was by far another great episode with my very own. What's up, man? What's going on, bro? Nah, nothing much. You doing all right? Good, man. Just out here, you know, enjoying life. <laughs> really taking it one day at a time. <laughs> enjoying life. What is yes, that? Sir. What is that? What does that mean nowadays? It means honestly sitting back and looking how far I came and and reaping the, the 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 fruits of my labor, honestly, that's that's really what it means. Counting my blessings and thanking God for everything that He's done for me. That's that's really all uh, that means in a nutshell. Yeah. Straight up, with right. no capital, no capitalization. <laughs> all right, look, our listeners, um, this is only the beginning of this interview. I already know that it's going to be a lot of back and forth with these jokes, but. Um, but nah, bro, for, for I'm actually happy that uh, you uh, had the time to join us. Um, I think it's going to be a good conversation um, just to hear, you know, about your life, you know, your career decisions, um, and for us to just chop it up. So with every guest we have, um, we give them opportunity to walk us through the arc of their career, you know, basically explain like how you have gotten to where you are now. And so I kind of wanted to touch upon like, you know, your decision to uh, to join the Army, how you've made it a career, and, like, what motivated you to ultimately choose that path? Mm. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, when you reached out to me, um, I will say that I was I was very honored and, uh, and touched that you, you you know, afforded me this opportunity to uh, to share my, my testimony, my story. Uh, I do feel like as you progressive in life and you you let's say you're somewhat successful or accomplished it does nothing to, to hoard this information it's all about you know giving back and and uh, uh giving other people the opportunity to to get to where you're at so mm -hmm. just for you let me broadcast my, my story um i mean i it's i can't describe it so i definitely appreciate you but get into your question um you know everybody has different uh reasons why they join right um uh, you know some people for school um to pay off some debt maybe patriotic you know etc cetera, etc cetera. uh but my reason you know honestly was i needed i needed a change i, I really did i mean that's 
uh, long story short, I needed to, I needed to change. Um, when I was 20 years old, I, you know, I had an epiphany. I looked at my life and I saw my twenties flash before me and I was looking up and I was just, I was thinking to myself, if I don't make a move, I'm going to continue to be where I'm at right now, which was, you know, nothing. And I, I had nothing to my name. I wasn't doing anything, you know, productive or substantial with my life. So I had to, to make that change. Um, and I feel like without people don't make change when they're comfortable, mm. you know, if, if I'm comfortable in you know, in my lifestyle, then I'm, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. And I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't comfortable with how I was living. I wasn't comfortable with my situation. I wasn't comfortable with the trajectory I was on. Um, although I hated to leave you guys, but you know, I, as the oldest, I felt like I had to make that move, um, for myself just to, you know, set that example. So the main reason for me leaving was I needed to change. I needed to get out of my surroundings. And, um, you know, honestly, I haven't looked back yeah. ever since. No, nah, I mean, that's when real. Yeah, I mean, that's real. Yeah. I mean, I can take this a, a couple of different places. I mean, yeah. one, I want to kind of know, like, what was that epiphany? You know, like, did you always feel like you had this tension, you know, when you were like, dang, like, I feel like I'm not doing anything. Like, I got to be doing something like where like was there a particular moment that you could attribute that to or like what was it so the moment was so i grew up you know in rosedale and scott and I, i'm very proud of where i was from um all the all of my friends and i use that you know quote unquote friends um loosely uh but the people that i looked up to at that particular time in my life they were always older than me so i was the youngest one and um i saw what they were doing and i was okay, let me do something to appease them or let me follow behind them because I wanted to, I wanted their acceptance. Mm -hmm. I wanted their, you know, loyalty and whatnot. I wanted to earn their loyalty. So um, the epiphany I had was when I realized that that's not the route that I want to go. And I remember it, um, you know, it was coming up on 15 years now, but I remember sitting outside that porch at the house. This isn't Rosedale now. We moved from Rosedale um, and Scott Street uh, when I was 18. All right. So like I said, uh, alluded to earlier, I grew up and I'm very proud of the neighborhood and block where I was from. Houston, that Texas, moved, just for people who don't know. For me, from Rosedale to Scott to the current house where we're located, that hit me differently because mm -hmm. I did not want to be part. I didn't want to have any ties or associations with that new neighborhood. Uh, so I was an outsider at that, you know, at the new house, which, you know, that one, that was what the start of it was. That was the initial transition. That's what got, that was the seed the, um, and, and got the, the, the catalyst for me thinking of, you know, what can I do mm -hmm. uh, or how can I get out of the situation? So that move right there, um, and this was me being selfish. I knew that that move needed to happen for, you know, the family. My mom needed a house. She was paying rent. Now she owns the house she's at now. But me being selfish, I wanted to be where I was at. Mm -hmm. So when when she moved, okay, that was the initial, you know, uh, start of me starting to think of, okay, what can I do? Now, nothing was panning out for me. I was trying, you know, the little quick get rich schemes or, you know, trying to do stuff to, you know, make a quick come up, whatever it was. And nothing really worked out. And, you know, such is life. And anything worth having is going to take time, sacrifice, dedication. So um, about two years of that, going by when I realized 
that okay the definition of insanity is you know keep doing the same thing hoping for or keep doing the same thing hoping for a different result mm-hmm. if i was to continue to do the same same thing i was going to go insane and i remember it like i said almost 15 years ago but i remember sitting outside on the porch thinking to myself as i said earlier like man i'm 20 i just turned 20 and i'm just thinking to myself there's no way i can continue doing working these odds and end jobs you know basically drifting through life there's no way i can continue to do this i have to do something and um the military was in a you know the forethought of my mind um because my dad you know sent me on uh sent me up with a recruiter uh, a couple years ago uh, a couple years back prior to that mm-hmm. um so i had to re-engage with them and, and see what they could do for me and you know to get me out of that situation so just basically moving from my neighborhood to another neighborhood and then you know me turning 20 and not wanting to waste the entirety of my 20s so that's that's really that's really what prompted me to do to do that to make that move i mean in hindsight do you feel like you would have uh i mean could you have imagined you know making a career in the army do you i mean at the time when you when you decided to go like were you like yeah like i'm gonna be here for like 20 plus years or were you just like right this is just like sort of like the last kind of option slash choice you know what i mean right for sure yeah so um i initially wanted to join the navy and I, I initially wanted to do the Navy Reserve uh, because I still had those ties to Houston. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, the um, I wanted to go to the reserves. They were offering a $20,000 bonus at the time. So I was like, let me go to the reserves, get the bonus, come back and buy the car and, you know, do whatever it is I, that I wanted to do as a 20-year-old kid or whatever. And so that didn't pan out because of some prior trouble that I got into. Um, they weren't able to accept me. Um, and I'll, you know, go in detail if, if, if you, if, you know, if you need me to, but, um, they weren't able to accept me to go to the Navy reserve and I kind of had my heart set on, okay, I'm gonna do this, do this and, you know, still come back. Uh, cause in the reserves, you're still, you're still based out of your hometown. You just show up, you know, one week and a month. So I was like, I can do that commitment. That's just like putting, I, I looked at that as putting one foot in the door and keeping one foot, you know, back where you came from. But again, that didn't pan out. So I was like, okay, well, you know, what are my options at this point? Because that was, you know, that's what I really wanted to do. So I said, I I made an irrational decision. I'm going to be straight up. I didn't give it any thought. I didn't talk to anybody. I said, well, okay, I can't join the Navy Reserve. I'm going to go to the Army. And not only am I going to do the Army, I'm going to do active duty. And so that is a, you know, full time. So it's not one foot in, one foot out. It's all the way in. Now, when I first joined, again, like I said, I had my heart set on being in the Reserve. What made me, I dip. I never thought that this would be a career for me. It was, I'm just going to join, you know what I'm saying? And then let the chips fall where they may. I wasn't thinking long-term at that time. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to make decisions and then roll, kind of go with the flow in life. No, you know what I mean? So what ended up happening was I come to find out that the army is fairly easy um, for me. Um, it's, pretty self-explanatory and as long as you were you know somewhat of an athlete growing up the physical aspect of it you know um is not a problem it as it did pose for other people um the intellect i was already smart and intelligent and you know had some common sense so putting those two things together i was able to accelerate through the ranks rather quickly than my peers which in turn 
set, you know, transition my thinking, my thought process of, well, maybe this could be something I could do in the long term. Gotcha. And, you know, as I matriculated and, and, and kept going up the ladder and, you know what I mean? At some point in time, you're going to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 14 years later, you know, I'm still here. I mean, kind of walk us through. I mean, I know, but like our listeners don't know. And I, I got to yeah. brag on my bro. Like, walk us through some of the accomplishments that you've had so far. You know, to an unknown soldier, like first lieutenant, like, you know, kind of just kind of tell us the things that, you know, you've uh, you've been able to accomplish thus far um, in this career. So um, I don't know if accomplished would be the correct word. Or what would, how would you describe had- it? Yeah, the things that I've had the opportunity to do uh, in the military. So they always tell you that the Army's going to get what they can out of you. So you better get what you can out of them. Mm. Most people never really do that. But, you know, for me, I was able to use the Army and its resources to leverage that to, you know, provide for a better you know life for myself. Um, but all of that comes at a cost. And I have you know, definitely had to, you know, put in work as had so many other service members. So I I really don't like to speak on all of that because there's so many other service members that have done way more than, than I have that, you know, it's, it's almost um, insulting for me to say I've done this, I've done that when, you know, people have, have died for their country or, you know, people have had, you know, um, amputations and or mental illnesses mm-hmm. and things of that nature i've just been very fortunate and lucky to not have to experience any of that but i mean i can just sort of skim over some of those things like you said like i had the opportunity to to do um the tomb of the unknown soldier that was definitely um a highlight in in my career one of the things i will always cherish um especially coming from where i came from to to be able to walk that same plaza as you know several you know uh pretty high-end figures before me and to to guard basically um the the remains unknown soldiers from world war you know one two and vietnam and the korean war you gotta understand like just think of let's just put it in perspective let's say i go off to afghanistan or iraq and you know i don't come home and y'all don't hear from me ever again that's exactly what it was like for some family members, like those three family members. And before they started doing DNA testing in the military, like, you know, in World War Two, I mean, Vietnam, excuse me, that's what it was like. People would go off deploy and if they died, the families would never know. They wouldn't hear from them again and you would never know what happened to them. Mm-hmm. So for me to guard those soldiers who died in those wars and unknowns, like I said, that that's something I will, will cherish with me, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, and that's something that I have. I, I, I love to speak on that, not in a bragging moment, but in a um, in a um, very humbling and very appreciative, you know, type of tone. Um, but as far as the things that I've done in the military, like I said, I, I was able to be promoted faster than my peers, even though I'm not saying I was more deserving because mm. there's other people I feel like they're more deserving. Yeah. It's just that. You know, favor isn't fair. And and I mean, that's really all I can say about that. Um, and then I've taken advantage of the opportunities, you know what I mean, as they were presented to me when, okay, well, if you have a associate's degree, you can apply for this program to go um, to complete your bachelor's degree and then be commissioned as an officer in the military. So I was able to do things of that nature 
while being in just because, like I said to my first point, the Army will get out of you. They will get everything out of you. So it's on you to get what you can out of them. Yeah, yeah. No, that's real. I mean, I kind of want to transition uh, to my to my next question. It's kind of off topic, but still kind of related. So, like, in our society, we put this kind of pressure or, or there's this notion that everybody's journey has to be, like, you have to follow this traditional path in terms of going high school to college. And then college, and then you got people go to grad school, they go into their, like, career. Um, I mean, in hindsight, do you feel like... Um, I don't know. I mean, was that like, and I know we talked talked about this already, but like, do you think that that was just the best choice for you? Like not necessarily following that traditional path. Do you feel, I mean, what advice can you give um, even to our scholars? Like, like a lot of our students at Delaware College Scholars are first gen underrepresented minority students. Um, and we try to make sure that they have options and this idea of like choice filled lives. So while mm-hmm. we do push students to pursue you know, and tell them that they're capable of going to a four-year university or college, like, that's not the end-all be-all. Like, college is not for everybody. You know what I mean? So, um, I guess, like, what advice would you give to our scholars? I know it's a lot of questions, but what advice would you give to them um, if, as they start to, like, maybe explore post-secondary opportunities and maybe touch about, and then maybe touch upon, like, the non-traditional path? Right. So, yeah, I agree with you. That's definitely, you know, the mark of success will be that linear path of, you know, high school, you know, college, and then you graduate and then you're supposed to get this X amount, this job that's going to pay, you know, X amount of dollars and, and you know, you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the traditional line of thinking is antiquated because there's so many other avenues that you can approach and, and still be successful. Um, now, I'm not saying getting a degree is doesn't translate to success i'm just saying you can still be successful by pursuing other avenues where whatever the case may be mm-hmm. especially in this you know digital age um where i could find out you know all the information i need to learn you know or i need to know on my phone like right out of my pocket um but i am grateful I went and completed my degree later on in my life. I am grateful for that because it was, I'm not going to say easy, but I was able to relate it because I had practical experience with the things that I was studying. Right. And when right. I went back to study, I have a business degree. When I went back to study the you know, economics and, and things of that nature, the question that they were, the teachers were asking the students, I knew, I knew most of the answers. They were, you know, basic questions. I was already investing in the stock market. I already had real estate. Like I, I had these things already just from life experience that when I just, okay, let me put a book to it. It just, it broadened my, you know, my knowledge base. So I enjoyed learning the technical Technic- aspect yeah, of it yeah, yeah. because I already had the practical you know, experience uh, with it. So going back later on in life, after having a life experience, um, for me personally, in completing my degree was was you know paramount, and it was it was beneficial, you know, wholeheartedly. And you know, it translated to me summa cum laude, madam, whatever the highest yeah. point is, you know, four point me, you know, nothing. But it's just a testament to you know the how I was raised and the importance of education. So going back to that point, like I said, um, I feel like there the way that you should you that you could do it if you if you're smart 
is beneficial. There's nothing wrong with investing in yourself. And let's say you were to go pursue a higher education and you take on some student debt. There's nothing wrong with that because that's an investment in yourself. You're making on yourself. But I don't want I don't want that. I don't want the notion that you you will go to high school, go to college and you'll be successful based on this degree Um, as I don't want. I, I would like for that traditional way of thinking to to kind of phase out because that's not necessarily the case and especially if you're going to you know school to study you know i don't know journalism or whatever i mean if you want to you know dedicate your life to pursue journalism you're gonna be broadcasting okay cool but i mean there's certain degree paths that won't pan out but everyone measures success differently right some people money doesn't equal success they just want to be happy and doing what they love so it it should be tailored to the individual it shouldn't just be this general blanket statement of you need to go to high school college and boom 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 well let's break it down like well what are you interested in what are you studying and then let's talk about you know paint the picture for them to see well if you do this and do that this is where you're going to end up and that way you know let's make a decision yeah now with the army that's where you know as a recruiter i came in and i and i and i did that for them i was like well you want to go to school for this or that but you didn't get this scholarship well the army has x y and z and you know you're able to you know after you put in all the army requires of you is your time you do a certain amount of time they will take care of the rest you know when i went to school to finish my degree i was getting paid i didn't have to pay for anything i was getting all the facts for the the grants the scholarship i was getting checks on top of my full-time salary because i put in the work to you know get the uh get uh to be able to you know receive those benefits um so that's some of the things that you know me using the army in you know for um to your advantage if you're able to do that um but again i don't think that blanket statement should be you know put on to the masses let's just tailor it down what do you want to study what do you want to do or do you feel like you know are you what's your apprehensions to 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 go into college or whatever the case may be well why not pursue this what are you interested in what's up with that because again success is measured differently because you might not know what you want out of life and um there's different routes to you know reaching that same same goal yeah so i don't feel like anything is wrong yeah. I don't feel like whatever anyone chooses to do is wrong. But if I'm talking to somebody and, you know, I feel like they want certain things and I kind of have an idea of how to get there, then definitely I want to steer them in a direction. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily the right direction, but a direction. At least they're moving towards something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's real. I think that's real. I mean, I just knew even with us, you know, going to Kip, that was always the that was always the notion, you know, that everybody's going you know, to, sure. to college, and that's where they, you know, you have you. And I, I don't know when I interviewed my mom, or our, we always, I always say my mom, our mom. Um, she she made a good point. I want to see like your thoughts on this. She said like prepare students as if they are gonna, you know, attain their like higher education, like college degree, but knowing with the caveat that like, hey, not everybody is like that is not for them. But you still like provide them with like the competencies and like skills throughout like middle school and high school. And then, you know, like you said, tailoring that their, uh, their, their post-secondary education for, you know, to them. Okay. So I get that. Yes. And that's a great point. You don't want to limit anybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the problem with the, the, this educational system, and I, I don't know if I told you this before, let's just say, 
let's just say the educational system, you know, high school, middle, middle school, high school, college, let's just say that let's represent that as a tree. All right. Let's represent that as a tree. The most successful people, and then let's say the students are the various animals. You got a monkey, an elephant, a giraffe, a lion, a tiger. These are the, all the students. All right. The most successful people are the ones who are going to climb that tree the fastest. Who can climb the, out those animals? Who's going to be able to climb that tree the fastest? The monkey. It's going to be the monkey's going to be able to climb the tree the fastest. So, by virtue of that measuring stick, that metrics of a tree or the traditional way of you know school. By virtue of that metrics, we're saying the monkey is the smartest because they climbed it the fastest. So you're saying the giraffe, the lion, the the tiger, and and, uh, and the elephant, they're not smart at all. Like you, you're basing it off of just you know one you know singular metrics of yeah you need to learn this and that. I have a problem with, and this isn't I'm I'm you know I'm an I'm an American and you know I'm not you know some radical thinking, but I just feel like the those those things that we're teaching in school don't necessarily apply to the things that you need to learn in life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're preparing them to set them up for success as if they're going to college. But if you have a giraffe and you're teaching them, you need to learn trigonometry and, and, and science and physics and all this stuff. And they're just not comprehending it fast because, you know, IQ is, you can't change your IQ. That's what it is. That mm-hmm. Your IQ is your IQ. And, and they're going to think that they're not as smart as that monkey. When in all actuality, you need to put that giraffe in a situation for them to be successful. Yeah. You need to put them where they can be nurtured and, and grow and 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 be successful, not just go to college and boom, boom, because they're going to they're going to think that they are limited or they have some type of disability when all actuality, they're just learning differently. They're not in the right. Uh, the conditions are not set for them to be successful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like take it a step further. Yeah, I don't want I, I understand what she's saying. I don't want them to be limited. So you want them to be set up for success, you know, with with college and whatnot. Um, but you gotta understand too, there was a time in America where everybody was thinking that it was okay to own slaves. There was a time in America where it was okay to to belittle women. There was a time in America where, yeah, if I go to college, then I'm gonna have a successful job. That's not the case. Like that was the time that she came from. Those were the time that those educators that they came from that time where I'm the first one on my family typically to go to college or, you know, whatever it is, maybe whatever the case may be. And you're going to get a good job because the um, the barrier to entry was very low. People were only having GEDs and high school diplomas. So if you have a college degree, then, yeah, you're going to automatically come in entry level making, you know, enough to take care of a family. That's not the case anymore. So you can't have traditional way of thinking in a new, you know, yeah. generation the world. So I would say... I understand what she's saying. That's great. But I feel like, and this isn't really her or nothing that she can do, but why aren't we implementing life skills? You know, if you want to set them up for success, set them up for, you know, put some life skills in there. Let's talk about how to budget money. Let's talk about, you know, what it means when, you know, how to, you know, take care of a house. Um, You know, the importance of getting counseling, your physical, your your mental, your mental health, like mm-hmm. all these other things that play a fact a, a part in life that you're gonna have to deal with the moment you graduate. That well, I've been in school. I learned how to, you know, I know what the lowest common denominator is. Okay, right. great. Right. Well, <laughs> no, me. so I feel, I know I I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I had an opportunity, and like I'm a uh, small plug for this other episode that I did with this guy. Uh, uh, Dr. Conley, he does a lot of um, work on next generation assessment. And basically what he was talking about in that conversation, um, I'm not going to give the whole thing away because we haven't aired it yet. But um, the whole premise of it was that uh, 
we need to the way that we assess human performance is outdated given like our technology and how our environment and economy is it's changing it's part of it to the books huh exactly no exactly exactly so like i mean i'll send you that episode so you can look at it but no it was i mean he was brilliant the way that he described it um and i think we our system is so resistant towards changing but those 21st century skills the life skills you're talking about like all of that stuff is practical and is important and should be pushed if not weighted more than you know uh some of these other ways that we're assessing kids you know 100 yeah 100 um, sort of, the, sort of the last question that I had on this, uh, this part of the podcast, um, this is going back to our students. Uh, we do have some scholars. Uh, we have one kid who's at West Point, um, other kids who have joined the armed forces. Um, what advice would you give to our parents and our kids when they're exploring, like joining, uh, the armed services an option after high school? The advice to parents, mm. That that's that's a tough one. I'm not gonna yeah you you. Uh, what I did? Like <laughs> I'm not stumped too often, but well because I was a former recruiter and so I had to deal with parents and you're dealing with you know you're saying that this child of theirs you you're, you're saying that they're going to be put in harm's way and you got to say it in a way that's not so you know morbid or you know jaded, mm-hmm. but um, but honestly, I mean. They're adults. They have to make decisions, you know, um, for their for themselves to, to better to better themselves and in, 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 in their lives. And you know, by joining up, you know, the armed forces. I mean, just look at it. You're you're in a you're in a network of, of people who all have background checks, so you know they have been screened. They they all can qualify on the weapons, so you don't have to necessarily worry about. You know, if they're going to be able to take care of themselves, um, they're going to be provided meals and, you know, housing and clothing. So it's like those basic necessities that a parent would worry about. Is my child OK? Are they healthy? Are they eating? Um, you know, who they're surrounded by, things of that nature, what they're exposed to. You don't have we wouldn't necessarily have to worry about that when you're dealing with the armed forces as, you know, looking at it as a from a guardian's perspective. Are they going to be put in harm's way? Yes. But. Who's to say, you know, you're not going to encounter certain dangers, you know, walking down the street or right, you know, driving your right. car. Uh, I, I got it. We're comparing apples to oranges or two different things. But again, it's a it's a tough decision. And it's one that as you know, this that's your child, but that child is an adult, um, you know, because everyone didn't agree with my decision. My mom wasn't on board with my decision, but I, it was at the end of the day, it was my decision mm-hmm. to make. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I afforded her the opportunity to know, but I was still going to do it regardless. But the advice to, to parents, you know, basically, I would say something along those lines. Um, just, you know, let them know that it's not all that you think it is my experience is going to vastly differ from you know your son's or daughter's experience yeah. Yeah. um and especially those ones you say you got one in west point and things of that nature they're doing it if you were to join the army um they're doing it the the right way west pointers if you if you go to west point and you graduate you're going to not only commission you know and be an active duty officer so you're already starting out on top but just by virtue of you having that class ring, I mean, you were talking about presidents, CEOs, 
you know, um, Fortune 500, come, like these are all people who all, you know, went, you know, through those halls. Right. And, you know, you are instantly in the door just by, you know, virtue of saying you graduated right. from, from West Point. Right. It, 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 it rings bell. That's weighted, you know, yeah. it's weighted different. Yeah. So, you know, if, if people were, if they were to take a route like that, then, oh, they got to understand, like, absolutely, they are making the, the right decision they will be set up you don't have to worry about them for the rest of their life yeah honestly yeah appreciate it all right so look we're transitioning to our mad minute segment so rapid fire minute questions you don't have a lot of time to think just give them to me as they come to your head all right mj or lebron lebron why lebron james because i've been following him i grew up watching him I came on a telling of Michael Jordan's career, so I had the opportunity to look at his stuff, and I appreciate everything that he did. But I watched LeBron James from high school. I followed his hype all the way from when he was a sophomore to his first game in the NBA, and I've never seen someone come in and instantly make a, a, a mark and live up to the hype and continually, continually, continually improve from that day forward to to right now to be the still superstar. I never saw that in anybody, and he will be missed once in a lifetime. Not a generation, but a lifetime talent. I was able to come in and see the tail end of Michael Jordan, and I appreciate that. Obviously, you know, I have appreciation for, for Jordan's. I will buy a Michael Jordan shoe over LeBron's shoe, but <laughs> I still love, uh, I'll have to choose LeBron. If you could do, I, I saw him. Yeah, I got you. If you could do something other than the work you're doing now, what would you do? I'll be talking. I'll be talking. I'll be um, telling people my story, and I'll be. Um, providing my resources to help them have, um, you know, provide my resources to give them opportunity. I feel like if people were to only have uh, people, if, if, I feel like if people had the opportunity, they would do something with it. Not everybody, but if I'm able to do it to one person, that one person will translate it to two and so on and so forth by power, you know, exponential, you know, growth. But um, I, will, I will, I will have to give back and I will be talking, providing whatever I can to, to help somebody so that they can better themselves and get themselves out of this situation. Greatest life lesson you've learned so far? Be patient, do your research, um, don't make decisions without, don't do anything unless you fully understand what you're doing. Um, fully, fully understand what you're doing and uh, before you jump into doing anything, but definitely be patient. I am a uh, very impatient. I want what I want when I want it, and it has burned me countless times over and over again. I've had the buyer's remorse and a lot of lessons learned from acting too quickly without doing my full research. Favorite? Be patient, slow. Yeah, favorite food? Hmm. I mean... I just like good food, you know. Yeah. Honestly, all things breakfast. Yeah, I mean, all things breakfast, brunch. Let me, let me, all things breakfast, brunch. We can, we can, we can, we can encompass all that together. Okay. Uh, best memory with me growing up, <laughs> or of best me with you growing up. I think we talked about this uh, earlier. I'm not gonna say I had a best memory. I had a lot of memories that I, you can't quantify them. But definitely that one time when I, when I, you came up to visit me in Fort Hood and you, you wanted to play so bad. And I was like, you're too young. And we, we were one man short. So by default, we was like, all right, man, get out there. And the moment you grabbed the ball, <laughs> just you zip it up and down the court. 
And the other team was like, who got this man? Like, who's holding him? And, you know, this one spin move you did, and then you you hit a three from the from the corner. I'm just I'm sitting back watching you. Like I we were you were on another gear than the whole rest of the team. So just me watching you um, shine because I did not think you were going to be able to to perform in front of you know grown men. That was that was a um, that was something that like, I, I still can replay in the back of my head. Yes, yeah, I mean there's, so can I. There's tons. There's tons of memories, man. There's tons of memories um, that are all like that. That are just, you know, so like my. You want to say that my best? There are tons of them. I can't just say that that one was yeah. my best one. There, there's so many of them, man. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. All right, ring the bell segment. That was definitely over a minute, but it's all good. Ring the bell segment. It's the same two questions that we give to every uh, guest speaker that we have on the podcast. So what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? What was that? What advice would I give to my 16-year-old self? Mm-hmm. 16, 16, 16. What was I doing at 16? Wow. Don't be a follower. Um, it's okay to, to be an individual and do, you know, what you want to do, what you feel is right. Don't necessarily follow behind the crowd. Try to, you know, appease others. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, they will never, they will never be satisfied. And you're going to find yourself not knowing who you are or trying to do things to make other people happy. So it's okay to, to be an individual and, and go your own route and, and um, you know, make things happen and have people follow you. Yeah. So, and then what's your why? Say so what's my what, why? What's your why? Like why you like why you wake up every morning? Like what's your why? So okay, so that's a great question. So why do I do that? I, I feel like most people in life, they they they're unfortunate. They are not fortunate enough to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, they work and then they die. And you know, they have little moments here and there where they're able to do things, but they aren't able to fully enjoy life for what it is. My light is at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'll be done with the army um, as far as being able to say I've retired and collect, you know, uh, and won't have to worry about, you know, money, you know, at 40 years old. So from 40 until, you know, the rest of my life, finances will not be an issue for me. So then now that I don't have to worry about that hurdle, I'm chasing that, you know, that, 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 uh, that, uh, that obstacle. I can transition to doing what I want to do. Like I said earlier, you know, being able to travel, giving, you know, telling my story, helping others out, enjoying, you know, the, the, the things in life that, uh, the, the smell of the roses, whatever the case may be, whatever I decide to do, I'll, I'll be able to do it because it won't be an issue. I don't have to worry. I'll be financially free. So why do I do it? It's because the, the light end of the tunnel is right there. And I'm excited about the second half of my life and that journey. And being able to, you know, sit back and you know kick my feet up and and not have to work for anybody, do you know be my own boss, and just you know just <laughs> just be me. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Now, and I I actually got a bonus question too. Um, what is it like knowing that you can't beat me in basketball anymore? That's the so you know what I just I was just talking on the phone, um, and I was saying I was talking about you, and I was just saying like it was I can't remember if you were sixteen 
or 17, but it was at that moment when <laughs> I was like, this is the torch. Like, I, I couldn't do it anymore. It was one time, it was a, I don't know what, I don't know the age, but I know the moment for me was when I went in for a rebound and I jumped as high as I could and I put every effort and it seemed like you just, you seemed like you just effortlessly floated off the ground and like you snagged it over my head and I, this was it. Um, I couldn't shake you anymore. Um, you just stood there while I was doing whatever, but that <laughs> rebound, that rebound, it was the rebound for me. Um, when I was just like, yep, this is this moment. I can't remember how old you were. I had to say maybe 16 or 17, maybe younger, but, uh, what it was like, it was, I was proud. Like I'm competitive, but I have no problem admitting when someone is good or better than me, um, because I know who I am and I was proud. Like, I'm like, I feel like that was me. I feel like, like even though you know what I'm saying, you got the the um, the 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 uh, the fundamentals and the camps and all that stuff, you were able to you know take advantage of all this and that and the third. I still felt like I played a part in it, um, and I was proud to see you take that and do what you you know and run with it and do what you and do what you can. Uh, I'm also more proud of you for the fact that you're not. Um, all your eggs and aren't in one basket when it comes to basketball. Like you realize, okay, this is a means, but there's also other things that I'm that I need to do out of life that I can just, you know, I'm a I'm a um plant my seed here and there. I'm gonna nurture this, I'm gonna nurture that, I'm gonna explore this, I'm gonna explore that. I'm not just some people just on um, basketball, it's basketball or die, NBA or die, and then you know, that doesn't work out now. They stuck, they don't know what else they wanna do right. in life. So I'm right. more proud of the fact that not only are you good at basketball, but you have other talents and, and you're contributing other ways to society too. But that moment, man, hey, got it, brother. Yeah. Listen, listen, got it. Hey. That's all I can say. I can't do nothing but just respect, man. Oh, sit back and man. watch. And sit back and watch and, and, and admire from afar. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. And more, I mean, more than that, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. This was this was good. So much wisdom. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to be able to benefit Um you know, just from hearing, just from you hearing your story and you just keeping it 100. So thank you for taking the time. Uh, love you. And um, and we'll chop it up soon. All right. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anything you need, man. I'm always here, bro. And yeah, have a good night.